those of you who were here this morning uh, hopefully will remember that we were looking at the character of Joseph and what we can learn from the story of Joseph about his character and what we can transfer into our life today. But of course, as with any character in the Bible, there are certain aspects which simply aren't suitable to be discussed in a family service. And so this evening, we're going to look a little bit more closely at one of those passages in Joseph's story. And um, it's from Genesis 39. And what we're going to do, we're just going to read through the whole chapter, okay? We, we've, we've, got, we've got time, just about. We're going to finish at 8 o'clock. We're going to read through the chapter, and then we're going to just go back through it, drawing out some key points, some key lessons that we can learn from, from Joseph and from others, um, especially in the way that he handled a very difficult um, situation. So, Genesis chapter 39. Joseph and Pontifer's wife. Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt. Potiphar, an Egyptian who was one of Pharaoh's officials, the captain of the guard, bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him there. The Lord was with Joseph and he prospered and he lived in the house of his Egyptian master. When his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord gave him success in everything he did, Joseph found favour in his eyes and he became his attendant. Potiphar put him in charge of his household, and he entrusted to his care everything he owned. From the time he put him in charge of his household and all that that he owned, the Lord blessed the household of the Egyptian because of Joseph. The blessing of the Lord was on everything Potiphar had, both in the house and in the field. So he left in Joseph's care everything he had. With Joseph in charge, he did not concern himself with anything except the food he ate. Now Joseph was well built and handsome. And after a while, his master's wife took notice of Joseph and said, come to bed with me. But he refused. With me in charge, he told her, my master does not concern himself with anything in the house. Everything he owns, he has entrusted to my care. No one is greater in this house than I am. My master has withheld nothing from me except you, because you are his wife. How then could I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? And though she spoke to Joseph day after day, he refused to go to bed with her or even to be with her. One day he went into the house to attend to his duties and none of the household servants was inside. She caught him by his cloak and said, come to bed with me. But he left his cloak in her hand and ran out of the house. When she saw that he had left his cloak in her hand and had run out of the house, she called her household servants. Look, she said to them, this Hebrew has been brought to us to make sport of us. He came in here to sleep with me, but I screamed. When he heard me scream for help, he left his cloak beside me and ran out of the house. She kept his cloak beside her until his master came home. Then she told him this story. That Hebrew slave you brought us came to me to make sport of me. But as soon as I screamed for help, he left his cloak beside me and ran out of the house. When his master heard the story, his wife told him, saying, this is how your slave treated me, he burned with anger. Joseph's master took him and put him in prison, the place where the king's prisoners were confined. But while Joseph was there in the prison, the Lord was with him. He showed him kindness and granted him favour in the eyes of the prison warder. 
So the warder put, cha- put Joseph in charge of all those held in the prison and he was made responsible for all that was done there. The warder paid no attention to anything under Joseph's care because the Lord was with Joseph and gave him success in whatever he did. So there's three, three themes that we're going to look at tonight. The first one is, is God's plan. And the way, that, the way that God uses every, every decision that Joseph makes, every, every circumstance around him. We're also going to look at the nature of temptation and how it affected Joseph and those around him. And then finally, we're going to look briefly at success. Success is only mentioned twice in the passage. But we do learn lessons about what God sees as success compared to what man sees as success. So the passage begins with Joseph <coughs> excuse me, having been sold by, uh, by his brothers. He's been taken from a, a pretty cushy life, really. His dad's favourite, gets the gift, gets the coat. And... Uh, yeah, he's quite a proud individual. He's never really known hardship. Now, we don't know how long it took him to adjust. We don't know how long the Ishmaelites held him. We don't know how long it was that he was um, in, in Potiphar's house before he began to get noticed. What we do know is that that part of the narrative would no doubt have included a huge amount of, of challenge, of difficulty, of hardship. It would have been a time of, of fear, of trepidation, as Joseph didn't know what the future held for him. But you see, what we do know is, we're told in verse 2, even though Joseph would have been terrified, he would have been uncomfortable, he wouldn't have understood what was going on around him, he, 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 he'd, been, he'd been sold, he'd been sold by his own family, he'd been bought by somebody, he was, he was simply a slave, he was simply a traded good. But do you know what? Verse 2, the Lord was with Joseph. God was in it. And because God was in it, and because Joseph stayed faithful to God, and because Joseph lived a life that honoured God, he prospered. And he lived in the house of his Egyptian master. We're told in verse 3 that, that his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord gave him success in everything he did. I wonder how that was borne out. I wonder how his master saw that the Lord was with him. That's a big statement. His Egyptian master recognised that Joseph, living a life that honoured his God, was prospering. He made the link between Joseph's faith and Joseph's way of living, Joseph's integrity. You see, when we live lives that honour God, that truly honour God, when we live lives where we can, we can somehow manage to put our, our, own, our own weaknesses out of the picture and instead just live lives that honour him, then that's recognised. So often... So often the church and, and Christians get, a, um, get branded hypocrites and, and, and get all sorts of bad press. We see it all the time, don't we? And that's because it's so difficult for us to live a life that truly honours God. 
That's because we try and compromise between the two. We, well, I'll, 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 do, I'll do a certain amount to honour God, but I want to I do my stuff as well. We can't do that. You see, God is pure. And when you take something of purity, as soon as you introduce an impurity, no matter how small it is, it is no longer pure. And so it is when we add an impurity into the perfect life that God would like us to lead. And so Joseph's master sees that the Lord is with him. And God gives him success in everything that he did. You see, there's the reward. But what we're not told is, is, is the measure of success. Joseph is a slave still. Joseph is still, he still has a master. He's still a, a commodity. He hasn't been granted freedom. He hasn't been granted great wealth or power. He hasn't been released to go back to his family. And yet... God gives him success in everything he does. He is, the, he is a successful slave. That's not a, a statement that you would expect to read, but Joseph is a successful slave. Why? Because he's successful in God's eyes. And God honours that. Joseph finds favour in the eyes of Potiphar and becomes entrusted to look after everything in his household, everything he owns, From the time he was put in charge of of Potiphar's household, the Lord blessed that household because of Joseph. And so Potiphar begins to realise that this this simple slave, he must feel like he'd won the jackpot, he bought a slave and and suddenly this slave almost, um, it's like some sort of lucky charm, he probably thought. Wow, since I've brought this guy into my household, everything's, everything's going well, everything's rosy, this is fantastic. What a guy, what a buy. The blessing of the Lord was on everything Potiphar had, both in the house and in the field. So not just just within his household, but but in his crops, in his livestock, in in his, his territories, his land. Everything was successful. And he sees Joseph's integrity. He sees Joseph's Joseph's honesty. He sees that Joseph is a man that can be relied upon. And so he's prepared to leave in Joseph's care everything he has. Everything he has. And so although Joseph is still a slave, although he, he isn't a man of great wealth and power, actually for a slave he is. He couldn't have got much higher. Potiphar, um, he's, he's, um, he's described as... Um, the captain of the guard, but in other translations um, he's, he's described as the, the head executioner. He wasn't the sort of guy that you wanted to get on the wrong side of, and so Joseph clearly, um, he had, he'd got into quite a good position. Potiphar trusted him, absolutely. You see, Joseph had got to the point where he was successful. Not just by God's measure, but by man's measure as well. Unless he'd been granted his freedom and given his own land and livestock, there wasn't really much else he could do to to claim success. We're also told that he was well-built and handsome. Sort of bloke you really dislike. (laughs) He had everything going for him. 
And after a while, things got a bit too good. Because after a while, his master's wife, the wife of the captain of the guard, the head executioner, takes notice and says, come to bed with me. She gives an order to a slave. And the slave has a choice. Do I refuse the order and upset the lady of the house? Or do I take my chance while no one's looking? Do I have my fun? I'm a a red-blooded male in the prime of life. I'm unmarried. This is a serious temptation. (laughs) Talking about this passage, Charles Swindle, an American pastor, says this. Now understand that there is nothing wrong with being physically well-built or handsome. But with these attributes come unique temptations. He was a man who had just about everything. Fame, power, authority and respect. Here was a house servant who had made it, his own private quarters, access to confidential information, the complete trust of his employer. On top of all that, he was a good-looking man who, without interest in doing so, caught the eye of women. Not surprisingly, it was on those physical attributes that the enemy of Joseph's soul, the tempter, concentrated. The enemy of Joseph's soul. You see, God was using Joseph. That was, that was even recognised by Potiphar. That was recognised by, by people around him as he, as he was elevated. This, this house slave that had been bought, this commodity, was promoted up and up and up within, within Potiphar's household to become a pretty powerful man. It wasn't just those around that noticed. The evil one noticed as well. And Joseph comes under attack. Now, of course, in this passage, it's easy to look at Potiphar's wife and see her as, as a temptress. And this could be another one of those passages where, um, where women come out looking, looking a little bit bad. But actually, that's not fair, because she was tempted. Potiphar's away from home. He doesn't concern himself with anything except the food that he eats. That's, that's what we're told. She's on her own. And suddenly, Joseph... This, this man who's had this incredible rise through the ranks from, from, uh, from being bought from traders to suddenly being in charge of the household. This young, attractive, fit bloke is there and she's got authority over him because he's just a slave at the end of the day. She doesn't mince her words. She doesn't bother with seduction because he's just a slave. If she wants him, she'll have him. Come to bed with me. You see, she was, she was a victim of the tempter as well. Her and Joseph are both victims of the evil one. Difference is, Potiphar's wife gives in to the temptation and Joseph stands firm. He says, with me in charge, my master doesn't concern himself with anything in the house. Everything he owns, he's entrusted to my care. No one is greater in his house than I am. My master has withheld nothing from me except you, because you are his wife. But listen to that sentence that comes next. How then could I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? 
sin against God. You see, Joseph hasn't, hasn't forgotten. He hasn't forgotten that it's all about God. He hasn't forgotten that, that God is the one that's looked after him. God is the one that's given him success. God is the reason that he's prospered. Because he's, he's done his best to, to stay faithful, to live a life that is true to the, to the life that God has planned for him. He remembers the, the dream that he's had from God and the way that he was able to, to understand it. And he knows that that, that, was, that, was a, that was a vision from God. He also knows that if he was to act lustfully, accepting the offer that had been made, the sin he'd be committing against God would be, so, would be, it would destroy everything he'd had, everything he'd built up. The life he'd lived would be for nothing. But you see, we can read this and say, okay, I could do that. If, um, if I was walking home and a similar sort of thing happened to me, yeah, I could say, no, no, that's not, that's not what I believe in. That's not what I stand for. That's not what I do. That's not who I am. But it doesn't end there, does it? She spoke to Joseph day after day and he refused to go to bed with her or even to be with her. You see, temptation isn't something that just suddenly, suddenly just happens and then goes away. The Lord's Prayer, in the Lord's Prayer we, 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 we pray daily, don't we? It give us this day our daily bread. And it, it talks about Resisting temptation. Lead us not into temptation. Deliver us from evil. It's a prayer that we should, we should remind ourselves of daily because every single day there are temptations. Especially now, you know, internet pornography is huge. It is huge. Primary school children see it. There's nothing to protect them. As so our kids are growing up, seeing that sort of thing. We live in a world where if we want something, we can have it. Joseph is tempted and tempted and tempted time and time again. And eventually, he goes into the house to attend his duties when no one else is there except for Potiphar's wife. She grabs him by his cloak and says, come to bed with me. He left his cloak in her hand and ran out of the house. Why does he do that? Because every day, we don't know how long. We've got no idea how long this has been going on for, but Joseph wasn't immune to temptation. He was just strong enough to resist it. And he ran out of the house because he recognised that this is getting too much. I'm actually, the, the temptation is getting to me. It would have been like, been, been like saying to the alcoholic, look, there's a the bottle of wine. It's yours. I'm not charging you. It would have been like saying to the gambler, there's a betting slip. I've paid for it. It would have been like saying to the cocaine addict, I've just chopped you a line, it's good stuff. I won't charge you this time. Joseph recognises the thing to do with temptation and this is, this is a lesson for us. The thing to do when, when we begin to, to feel ourselves being sucked in by temptation. We don't have to make things hard for ourselves and stand there and, and try and front it out. Sometimes it's alright to drop your cloak and run. Sometimes that is the best form of defence. The world might say it's cowardly, but it's not. It was the boldest thing that Joseph ever did. 
It meant that he ended up back in prison. It meant that he ended up throwing away everything that he'd worked hard to build himself up to. And finally, when Potiphar hears a story, he's, he's back restarted. A commodity chucked into prison. The status, the power, everything gone. And yet while he was in prison, verse 21, the Lord was with him. Even though he'd hit rock bottom again, the Lord was with him. God was watching over him. God's plan was adapted. God knew what was going to happen. He knew the decision that Joseph would make. That's why he chose Joseph to play such a key role in the history of the Israelites. The warder puts Joseph in charge makes him responsible for everything that was done there to the point where the the warder doesn't pay any attention. In other words, the warder almost becomes the same as Potiphar. Do you know what? You can run things. I trust you. Joseph lived such a life of honesty and integrity. And we're told, because the, the reason that the warder paid no attention to anything under Joseph's care was because the Lord was with Joseph and gave him success in whatever he did. You see, the two times that Joseph is given success is right at the start of the passage in verse 3, when he's, when he's recently been brought into, into, the, into a slavery position in Potiphar's house. And then again, when he's in prison after the false accusations from Potiphar's wife. Both times we're told that God gave him success in what he did. So when Joseph was at his lowest, that's when God saw him as his most successful. When the world saw him as as failing, God said, no, 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 that's success. When the world saw him being successful, there's no mention of God seeing him as successful. That doesn't mean he didn't, but the word doesn't doesn't occur. It occurs both times when when he's enslaved or imprisoned. And so as we, as we read that passage, as we think about what Joseph went through, as we think about the fact that actually those events could have taken place over many, many years, and there could have been long, long periods where, where Joseph was miserable and abandoned, living in, in, in squalor. It wasn't all rosy. This wasn't over in a few weeks. It wasn't like a soap opera where, where events were just forever changing. Just remember, God's plan was always there, was always in action. God was always with Joseph. When Joseph faced temptation, at first he stood there and he fronted it out. He was bold. But Joseph had the spiritual maturity to recognise when he had to chuck his cloak down and run away. Sometimes we need to have that spiritual maturity as well, to recognise when the time comes that we need to protect ourselves and remove ourselves from a situation rather than trying to to front it out. And then finally, even when we lose everything, even when we find ourselves at rock bottom, even when Everyone who used to respect us has turned against us. 
where false accusations have been made and there's no one to defend us. When the prison doors slam shut and we have no hope that we can see around us. God looks on us and says, you can still be successful. Just turn to me. Just turn to me. So Joseph's story is a fascinating one and we sort of tried to cover the whole one into the other this morning and it was good fun and we enjoyed that. And rightly we glossed over the the temptation that he was faced with but it's important that as mature Christians, we don't gloss over things like that, the difficulties and the slightly, the slightly awkward passages or the slightly embarrassing passages, because often that is where we can find the sort of examples that are relevant to our life today. Joseph sets a great example. Let's make sure that we do our best to follow it. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we reflect on the experience of Joseph, the way that he conducted himself, the temptations that he faced, Father, we're reminded that you never left him. You never abandoned him. You were always with him, working in his life, using him. And so, Lord, we know that you also never abandon us. You are always, always there with us. And, Father, we pray that you'll help us to live lives of integrity too. You'll help us to to reflect some of the qualities that your word teaches us. You'll help us to, to live the life that you want us to lead, to be the people that you know we can be. Because we know, Lord, that if we go chasing after the things of these world, then of this world, then we're getting it wrong. Instead, we should be focusing on you. We should be making sure that whatever temptations we face, we, we don't face them alone. Instead, we're we're prepared to we're prepared to put ourselves in, in a safe place. Lord, we pray that you'll help us as a church to keep an eye out for each other. To keep an eye out for those around us. To look after our our friends and our families. to, To apply practically the lessons that we read in scripture. To recognise when temptation is becoming too much for those around us and to, to help them. To tell them, you know what, throw your cloak down. Run away. And Father, help us to have the confidence to be prepared not to conform to the ways of the world, but instead to conform to the ways of our God. For we know, Lord, you don't look at the things that we look at. Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Lord, we pray that as the world looks at us, 
they may see that our hearts reflect you. In Jesus' name, amen.